There are literally hundreds of people all dressed up. Yeah. Just, what the hell are they doing? It's the Beer Vana Show, freshly broadcast, almost live here in Portland, uh, in the fresh air, on X-Ray FM, and in Vancouver on KXRW, or available anywhere on your favorite podcast service. I'm Patrick Emerson, professor of economics at Oregon State University, and with me, as always, is Jeff Allworth, author of several books, including The Beer Bible. And we are here on location. Indeed. At the Loyal Legion in beautiful southeast Portland. You're giving us a fresh take on our intro. <laughs> Ooh, that's twice we've dropped it. <laughs> We're not going to tell you what the pod's about. <laughs> I, I suspect listeners are going to clue in pretty quickly. Yeah, it is uh, late September here in Oregon, which means hop harvest time, which means our now pretty much annual tradition of talking about fresh hop beers. But we'll, we'll get to that. That's right. First, we got to talk about the weather. The weather's nice. Yeah, it finally cleared off today. Classic uh, Oregon day. Cold and cloudy in the morning, but... Marine uh, layer burn, burns off, and now we have sun. Yeah, and and the, the quality of the light is really fall-like. It's got much more blue and much less yellow-orange, like high summer. So I, yep. I feel like we're definitely in... The, and the smell of forest fire has left the air, and so things are things, right. are things are looking up. Yeah, at the end of the day, the forest fires weren't so bad this year. No, but I was down in Eugene visiting my son a couple of times when it was really bad down there. Yeah. In fact, one day when it was raining ash, which was pretty, uh, it's always really sad. Yeah, I can't I can't have this raining ash without thinking of the beautiful trees that are being extinguished. I. I agree. It's it is bad, but it it could be so much worse than it was this year. By the way, at the Loyal Legion, something is going on, like a wedding or something, because there's a lot of people in suits, youngish people in suits, and welcome, women welcome, in dresses. And... Welcome to the inner southeast, welcome man. Welcome to the industrial southeast part. Yeah, yeah, baby, this is how we roll. People just look good down here, man. Yeah, yeah I would say it's prom time, except they all have the same dress. Yeah, that's somewhat indicative of something, isn't it? But where are they going? It's got to be a wedding. Oh, you think it's prom? Oh, no, no, no. no it's it can't not prom. Be prom. Time. No, it's fall. Yeah, I'm, saying, it's fall. I, I, I'm saying I would think it was prom if it was in the spring. But, yes. And plus they're all wearing matching dresses and suits. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a wedding. a wedding. They're young people for sure. Uh, they're going to the Evergreen, which apparently is next door to the Loyal Legion. Okay. Or above the Loyal Legion. Anyway, should we yeah, get back this, to beer? <laughs> for, for those of you who are not familiar with Portland, Oregon, we are uh, near near meters away from uh, the river. So we are in, uh, the, we are on the edge of the industrial southeast, which is quickly losing its character as the industrial southeast as it gets more and more taken over by commercial uh, businesses and stuff because it's really primo. <laughs> it's some of the best property in the, in the state. But um, it's also a pretty gritty little part of town. So seeing people cruising around in suits is unusual down here. Yes, they do tend to stand out. Uh, what's new with you since we've last podcast? Uh, making sure that we're still recording. We are. Yes, we, we, have, our mo- that, we have our mobile recording device. We do, and we're getting that ambient quality, which is, I hope that. Yeah, I hope you all of, listen. A like lot that. of ambient noise, <laughs> aided and abetted by all the the uh, wedding people around. Yeah, uh, I'm good. Uh, no. what? Well, yeah, I'm good. 
It's, what? Been, it's been a while since we podcast, thanks to your COVID and travels and everything yes. else you're doing. Yeah, there's a COVID issue. That's true. I had the COVID. And my travels, your travels. It's been, uh, I always think summer's going to be a time we catch up, we get a lot of podcasts, we stay on a regular schedule, and then things happen. This year it's been kind of crazy. It has. Uh, not for me. I had a really relaxed summer. It was quite nice as far as that went. And, uh, I didn't have a lot of activities, although uh, the life of a freelance writer is never very mellow. I'm getting a little bit burned out about that on that, but ah, it is what it is. Well, welcome back to the podcast and, world. And you're you're back. Your summer's over. You're back in. Summer has ended for me finally. My summer lasts a bit longer because we're on quarters, so I don't go back to class until the end of September. But it is the end of September. But your youngest son is in Portland Public School. Actually, not in PPS, but he's in he's in the school system. He's in he, high school. He he was back at school. He, he was back than at you. school. My wife, who teaches in Portland Public Schools, was back at school. Yeah. Both of them at the end of August. So uh, so I've been kind of in this little halcyon period of not, not working and having the house to myself but it just turns out that i had all kinds of stuff i had to do and right. deal with so anyway it's good to see you yeah good to see you it's been a while it's nice to be here and it's nice to be uh trying out fresh hop beers so today we join you from the best place on the planet a pub smack dab in the middle of fresh hop season it is it is honestly yeah uh we'll get to why you got to get out in fresh hop season and not to your beer store. Uh, we're on site at Portland's Loyal Legion, as we mentioned, which is usually stocked with these little gems throughout the season. Uh, while we sip on them, we're going to discuss hops, the harvest, and the seasonal regional sidelight that are fresh hops ales. All that soon, but first, the news. As we record this, Munich is hosting its annual Oktoberfest celebration. Uh, the first time since 2019. Oh, is that to, right? Yeah. They haven't had it since then. That's right. Wow. It has it, uh, I, think, I think they toyed with it last year, and then you, you have to make the call really yeah. in advance. Yeah. And, and so they, they, they blew it off. That's such a gigantic blow to German culture or, or, or Bavarian culture. Absolutely. Um. It got off to a rocky start this year with cold weather and rain dampening attendance. Inflation has hit the fest too, with liters of beer costing 15% more than they did three years ago. Yet the Volksfest... Volksfest? You know about Volksfest? I love that. I, so I was reading around, I was like, oh, it's in the category of Volksfest. Awesome. Is that Volksfest? So the People's Fest has seen its share of hard times uh, with interruptions due to war. Let's not talk too much about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> financial insolvency and cholera, which, it, which interrupted the thing... Multiple times. What? There was once in like 1834 or something, everybody got cholera at the festival. Oh, no. Yeah. So it's, it's, had, it's had its rough shares, rough times. But never mind the troubles. Once the rain cleared, over 3 million visitors streamed in in the first week. So it seems like everything is back on track. Yeah. Things are back, back to being normal. And you're right. I didn't want to mention it until the end, but uh, I can only imagine the economic impact of uh, seven, like whatever it is, over three million visitors, so six, seven million people. Um, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of money. And it's just such a cultural touchstone that to miss it for three years in a row is is brutal. Oh, here comes fire truck. All right, this everybody, is... pause. <laughs> yeah, this is in situ potting right here. Yep, uh, that was Portland Fire Department 
Truck number 24 coming by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it literally is truck number 24. Nice work. Yeah. Oh, they're going, to the, they're going to the gas station. Ah. Even fire trucks need gas. That's right. Uh, where were we talking about uh, October? Oh, yeah. Oktoberfest and its economic impact. Oktoberfest and its economic impact. Uh, but uh, but I was arguing that equally so is the cultural impact. Sure. Um, and so to miss that, I mean, that's, that's a big... Well... Uh, let me say it in a glass half full way. That's great, great to have it back, and I'm sure uh, a welcome relief after all these, all this time. Uh, it's on my bucket list. Yeah, mine to get too. To, to get to Munich during Oktoberfest. I I have been to Germany a couple of times, and I I have a, uh, the actually the first time I went, Sally and I went. We we went right after Oktoberfest, and we intentionally didn't want to go there during Oktoberfest because it is such a weird disruption. Yeah, we kind of wanted to see normal Munich. Yeah, but, um, but I I want to get back and actually see. Yeah, it I've seen normal Munich. You've seen normal Munich. Now it's time to see abnormal Oktoberfest Munich. Absolutely. Uh, related to today's topic, the hop harvest is complete. We reported pre-harvest hop pre-harvest hop reports in recent shows, but now we have the final accounting, and it's not great. American hops were near normal, though in Washington the crop came in 10 to 15 percent low. Chechia had a record crop in 2021, but this year was a drop of 43 percent from that high. Oof, low even for recent years. German crop, meanwhile, was about 20 percent low this year. For brewers seeking classic European lager hop selection may be difficult. Yeah, uh, we talked about the heat wave and drought that they yeah. suffered, yeah. and it seemed pretty brutal. So uh, the twenty percent in Germany seems like a pretty good outcome given the harsh conditions they they faced. And the and the Chechia thing is a little bit misleading just because they had this crazy crazy hop harvest uh, in twenty twenty one. It was I think the numbers were like. 5,000 tons is sort of a typical 45, 5,000 tons, and they had 8,000 tons last year. Ah. So being being back down uh, is putting them kind of closer to historical norm, norms, but it's still yeah. even low for that. But yeah, if, if uh, inflationary pressures weren't bad enough for other reasons, yeah. now you've got these lower hop harvests, which don't help. Yeah. So yeah, tough, tough times cost-wise. All right, finally, uh, this is... Brand spanking new as uh, as I was putting this together. Great Notion recently announced that it was expanding to Berkeley, California, and taking over the former Torpedo Room, Sierra Nevada, shuttered in July. So Great Notion doesn't plan to alter the space much and will move in by the end of the year. And it will be the seventh location in a chain that now stretches from Seattle to the Bay Area, which is kind of amazing. That's far out, I yeah. know. And it's uh, there's there's definitely some kind of moral to the story of Sierra Nevada moving out and then Great Notion moving in. So Great Notion, for those farther afield, is one of the it. The Buzz Breweries in Portland brews uh, uh, Hazy's Milkshake IPAs, IPAs and um, Smoothie Sours, smoothie sours <laughs> dessert, dessert stouts and things like that, right? right. Yeah, exactly. uh, which is all the rage. And they've they've done a great job, and they do make for those who like those beers, and I like some of them. They make fabulous versions of them. And what's interesting to me is this expansion. So we've seen they've, they've of those seven locations, I think four in the Oregon in the, in the Portland area, uh, but uh, this is a pretty broad expansion and historically when I think about breweries that go on on multi-state chains they don't work out so well so I, I wonder how well how 
you know what what their level of concern is on how, how that's going to pan out. Is this just a tap room? It's just a tap. So room. it means they're going to be driving down beer. Mm-hmm. That's a long way. They have a they do one of their locations is a distribution hub in Sacramento that they put in during COVID. Oh, okay. So they could get beer down down to California. Uh, so Sacramento's not so far from the Bay Area, so that's probably part. So of... So they self distribute. I don't know. I would expect if they have a distribution hub. They... I would guess so. Yeah. Yes, but I I before saying boldly, oh yeah, I, I decided to catch up and say I don't actually know. Well, good luck to them. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch that because I, you know, we back in the '90s we saw a bunch of breweries expand out. Um, you know, I remember Pyramid had a place in Berkeley as well, uh, and I don't think they had one in Oregon, but they had they had them scattered around, and then that all ret- retracted. And yeah, we saw we've seen that in the past. So uh, I don't know, maybe. Maybe it'll work, but it's. Uh, I think it's a challenge. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sound. I, know, I don't want to sound too negative, but I worry that you know, the vagaries of the fads of brewing come and go, and at some point, if their styles are not as in fashion, uh, if they'll be ready to pivot. But yeah, who knows? Maybe these styles have staying power. So. Well, and it's a good brand, and they make good beer. Yep. And yep. Uh, if they're intentional and focused, I think. Um, they think of themselves as a brewery with a sense of place and they're trying to keep that going as opposed to just chain, using a chain model of genericism which is how things fail uh, so but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I wish them luck alright so uh, why don't we turn to Fresh Hops oh man and we've already uh, uh, prepared by getting two versions of the Fresh Hop beers on tap here. That's right. So how many do they have here? What do they have, like... Uh, of beers, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight beers and one cider. Nice. Yeah. Which I've never tried a Fresh Hop cider, so we might be might be trying that. Yeah. I, I, I confess, ciders sort of confuse me. When hop ciders, I have a hard time picking out exactly where the hops start and yeah. the uh, other fruitiness ends. But. And it's not entirely clear to me why you'd want to put hops in a cider, but... Well, let's find out. Let's find out. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna we're gonna test that hypothesis. Uh, so b- before we get before we get at all into fresh hops, all right. Let's talk about the beers we're drinking. Let's talk about the beers we're drinking. Why don't you start? Because okay, you the... I've got the I've got uh, a sort of atypical version. I have the Breakside Pilsner, uh, which is I think they're regular Pilsners, five percent, and uh, but it's fresh hop and. The what one thing that you could it, but once you dial in the flavors and we're going to talk about what those flavors are and try to describe them they're a little bit hard to describe but once you dial that in it's like diacetyl or anything else if you don't know what it is you can kind of miss it and then somebody once somebody points it out to you and and you know what it is you can never not see it right uh, or not detect it fresh hops are like that yeah. and I've held this up to my nose and and. And it and it mess it passed that test. It's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a nice beer. It's yep. all fresh hoppy. Yep. And uh, but because it's a a lager, it needs to have a relatively delicate hop presentation. So it needs to just kind of float like a cloud on top of everything else and not get, not interrupt the pilsnery quality. Yeah. And uh, when these beers are done well, they are I think some of the most interesting presentations. They're 
they showcase the fresh hop in a, in a, in a different way, uh, and they are awesome, and I, I would say this meets that test. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but my take about on this is that these are not beers I'd want to drink all year round, um, necessarily. Like, they are this unique moment, unique set of flavors. Um, I wouldn't necessarily choose them 12 months in a row, but uh, I delight in them when they're... That's a, that, that thought has never crossed my mind one way or another because they are... Uh, that's ne- not, not possible. So I, never I think it's because I enjoy the ephemeral quality of yeah, them so much. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, if I was designing a beer... My, my perfect beer it, it probably wouldn't have that fresh hop quality um, but if I was designing one of my perfect beer experiences it would be <laughs> fresh hop beers I don't know if that makes sense but that's my yeah I think I would like I mean I would love to have them around uh, it would be great if they were available year round but I'm glad they're not yeah uh, and you and I are old enough that we remember seasonal food so um you know, we, I remember not being able to buy strawberries in February, yeah. and I like that. I like being able to have their strawberry season. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, this, this is fresh hop season. I yeah. don't actually want them any other season. Now. I want to drink as many of these as I can right now. And uh, yeah, we've talked ad nauseum about how much better brewers are at fresh hops than they were yes 10, <laughs> ten years ago. I think and, we're going to talk about why that is. And Pilsner in particular is one that. I don't think anyone could even probably have brewed it competently five years ago, even. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so that's a that's a marvel to me. Yes. Yeah. Hit the, and the challenge is you can overwhelm it with fresh hops. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which super easy to do. That that that's not good. But it's also and and early on, you'd see this almost as often as the overwhelmed pilsner is, or the Kolsch, or these delicate styles that are not known for hops. Uh, it just it, you don't you don't get anything. And that's that's the other side of it. You you want to taste the fresh hops. It just can't overwhelm. It's a really hard thing to hit. Yeah. All right. So I have the Fort George Fresh Hop Luminosa IPA, which is a bigger beer, six point five percent, and it is awesome. Yeah. Smacks you right in the face with your fresh hops, but on top of a lush hop profile already. Right. So it just adds that extra sense of freshness and. Yeah, and uh, is and when you talk about what you're going to find if you come to Oregon, Washington, in this time of year, this is this is you're going to find overwhelmingly beers between five and a half and seven and a half percent, somewhere in that pale to IPA category that are pretty robust though, because there's something about like sinking your teeth into one of these bad boys that yeah, and all and I think as a brewer and brewers can correct me if this, if I'm wrong, but. You know, you already have a pretty substantial hop profile, and then you blend in that fresh hop with it. It's a, it's a really successful way. Early on, oftentimes, brewers would just try to throw fresh hops as your only hop addition. Yeah, there was a period of time. Uh, it's nice to be old, because, yeah. and it's nice to be an old blogger, because I remember blogging about these uh, in the mid-aughts when, when I first started my blog. For the first five years or something, so let's say until 2010 or 2012, uh, there were there was this idea 
that was very common among 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 drinkers and brewers that if you used any kind of conventional hops, you were cheating. Yeah, a fresh hop beer had to only have uh, non uh, only fresh hop beer, uh, yeah. fresh hops. Sorry. Yeah. And I think nobody believes that anymore. Like no, <laughs> everybody believes that's a good way. Because they were kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. And we'll we'll talk about why that is. Let's let's step back. Okay. Actually, do you want to say anything more about your uh, luminosa? Oh. Uh, I don't know. It's an awesome IPA. It's the fresh hop hits you on the nose and it hits you on the palate. There's no way you're not going to know this is a fresh hop beer, but it's also a delightful, complex IPA. It's excellent. I wonder if maybe that's a callback to uh, uh, the most recent, which is not very recent, uh, Mad Max with Furiosa, Luminosa. No, I don't think so. I believe it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing that out there into the universe. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to tell me it's some hop that I hadn't heard of yet. I don't know anything the about the hop. hop. Oh, that would be awesome. That's a that would amazing. Be a, I, I almost dropped an F bomb, an F bomb and great name. That would for be a, a great hop. name for a hop. So if it hasn't been used, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Name one Luminosa. Yeah, this has got uh, a really, yours has a really lovely, fresh uh, top note. Yes. And it's got a really dank bottom note yes. underneath and they work really nicely together especially in the aroma yeah and this is fort george of astoria who are hop masters anyway <laughs> among being masters of many things but hops are one of the things they master well yeah that's nice all right uh i think we should talk a little bit about the, the harvest yeah so and, let's and we should talk about what hops are and and how they're normally prepared before we talk about fresh okay, hops let's do it so hops are everyone knows uh, we don't have to get too deep in hops they're you know, these little cones that grow on 18-foot tall vines, not vines. And the difference is a vine just curls, and a vine has a little tendril that sticks out and grabs a hold of something. It's the technical difference. So these are vines. Thank you, they Mr. Pendant. Yeah. We all know. There you go. Uh, you too can bore your friends at the next party. I, I wish. Did I you wish, know hops are not vines, but vines? I wish everybody could have seen Patrick's withering stare. It's like, <laughs> you've gone too nerdy for me, so. So I'm sure you're killing everybody, <laughs> and I'm an economics professor. And I so was that saying something. And I was charging ahead. I'm, I'm gonna. I ignored that. Uh, and they grow uh, through the summer and are harvested in the fall. And the reason they're grown principally in the West Coast is because uh, they're uh, they, the less rain you have, the less mildew and other problems afflict them and on the west coast we have these wonderful summers that have almost no rain and so uh, after um, early plantings uh, particularly in New York State and they went to the midwest for a while they ended up in the latter half of the 19th century out here on the west coast so that's why we have them on the west coast Um, during the harvest uh, which will last something like uh, a month uh, from mid-August maybe until mid-September. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I didn't know this until this year, and I can't believe I didn't know this until this year, but they um, they work around the clock. They're uh, many, the, at least the, the, the two farms that I've heard of, there's two 12-hour shifts. So you're on one. Yeah, I've never seen this. So they grow in these 12-foot vines, mm-hmm. but they grow in these big, you know, they have overhead wires, and then they, they drop wires down and they grow up. Yep. So how do, how do they deal with it? Is it mecha- mechanized at all or is it all? It is mechanized. So it's, you, people may have seen old romantic photos of uh, you know thousands of people who used to go out into the hop fields and pull these down and pick them yeah. one by one off the thing and put them in these big baskets. You've seen the, uh, yeah, I've, seen, I've seen photos from Oregon and, and uh, Kent and, and Bavaria 
but now it's much easier. So they have a thing called a, a top cutter and a bottom cutter, uh, which are, so it's, it's, it's like a big tractor. So yeah. as you mentioned, they're in rows. The tractor will, will go down a row and it starts out by cutting the, uh, the plant and the, the wire, the, the thing that, that crawls up, which yeah. is, I think, made out of bamboo. Yeah, I was going like to say, it must not be metal. It's got to be, yeah, yeah, some kind of, yeah. And then they have a thing called a top cutter, so which, which just snips it off the top, but it, it will follow or lead. I can't remember. There's a truck either before this machine or after this machine that it falls into. Okay. A big, like, dump truck or pickup truck kind of thing. It looks more like a dump truck. And then they take that back to the warehouse, and they have a machine, uh, and I think, I don't think any... These are really specialized agricultural. Uh, it's, it's a really specialized agricultural product. So I don't think any. There's no money in making this machine. So I think I think people had to make them themselves. Yeah. Um, but what it does is it 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 starts out by taking all the plant matter off the the central vine. So now you've got these little hops that are bouncing around, and you've got leaves, and it goes through this series of things that uses gravity suction. And the bouncing of the hops to kind of separate <laughs> everything out, and then cool. by, and then it's just a series. It's like it kind of looks like a factory, you know. Yeah. When you when you look at things and they go through various uh, belts and and yeah. conveyors and stuff, it starts out and it's all this all this leaf matter and stuff is in there, and then by the end it's just hops. Yeah. Typically, at this point, the hop will go into a kiln uh, or a, a thing that will dry it, and right. it will it will dry it from something like seventy five percent water 80 percent water content or moisture content mm -hmm. down to around nine percent uh moisture content how long does that process take do you know it takes uh i think less than 12 hours okay. I, I uh don't quote me on this yeah. and i'm sorry folks uh who work in the hops industry <laughs> um let us know and it's um uh, the temperatures vary, but of course you want it to be as, as cool as, I shouldn't say as cool as possible, but you don't want to boil off those wonderful uh, notes that are so pre so prized in, in, in a hop. So we're talking about like 130 degrees uh, in, a, yeah. in, in the kiln. Right. And then they immediately package those things up in these giant bales and get them into the refrigerator. So these giant refrigerators that are going to be at like uh, uh, near freezing. And that will just keep them safe and sound, and you can use them actually for years after. And they they out suffer almost no degradation once they're packaged properly. Really? Yeah. yeah Even so, in that state. That's right. So like all those saws that got made last year, which were probably still in warehouses. Yeah. Those are going to be fine. I think people. Okay. Uh, it, I, I actually have seen the saws pop harvest, and it's not as sophisticated. So maybe <laughs> maybe not quite as long, but um, but yeah yeah. So you can you can use hops. Uh, that are that are older and and, and they're fun, uh, and then and then some and then sometimes uh, and in the vast majority of cases they'll also be put into uh, converted into pellets. Uh, yeah, I was just about to ask you the pelletizing process. So yeah, that's where they just grind them up and compress them. Right? That's that's it. And again, heat is bad. So the original. Do you know who who, who developed the first pelletizer? I do not. Burt Grant, the famous oh. brewer. Bert Grant. He was working Grant at SS. Sales, yeah. What was now Hopsteiner was called SS Steiner then, and he invented the first one. And they, and, and the first one was pretty warm. It, like it, it, when it grounded up, it created a lot of heat. Yeah. And, and uh, degraded the. Yeah. De degraded the. Excuse me. <laughs> degraded the. Hop. That's right. They've gotten way better, and so uh, now they are 
much cooler. So those pellets are um, same quality. You get the same quality of, of, of fruitiness and bitterness and all that that you get from a which a whole hop. if sort of sorry, a little parenthetical here, but if you're if you're a local and you're curious about this, go get yourself an RPM IPA, which is 100% pellets. Well, it was until the shoot spot. I don't know now, but it used to be 100% pellets, and get all that amazing flavor. It's got an amazing flavor profile. Yeah, I mean, pellet hops. At, at this point, most breweries, like the vast, vast, vast majority, use pellets. Yeah. So back in the day, you and I, when we were first drinking beer, there was a lot of debate about this. And yeah, so you're a lot of breweries would say whole flower hops. Yeah. yeah, that that is kind of old wisdom, and nobody believes that anymore. Um, we now. Partly because the technology is as improved. I was going to say, yeah. they're doing such a good job with pellets. That... Right. And partly just because the proof's in the pudding. You know? We've all had these amazing IPAs. So, uh, uh... <laughs> we've, we've podcasted such a crazy moment. I know. It's really. <laughs> there are literally hundreds of people all dressed up. Yeah. This, we're, we're doing this on a Friday afternoon at what? Like 2? No, 3.30. And uh, yeah. yeah what the hell are they doing? I guess 3.30. I guess on a must... Friday? Maybe so this is, is the what do you do? Time. What do you do on a Friday? You do like the wedding dinner or something, right? But this oh. looks like the wedding itself because people are all in their fancies. It's really weird. Anyway, there's just like an endless stream of people all dressed up. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to interject, but it's hard to concentrate on uh, fresh out beers when there's lots of young people in weird dresses and suits and then and a few old people who are and a bunch parents. of old people. Yeah, there's a real generational thing. You can see <laughs> The couple who are getting married are clearly probably about 22, 23. Yeah. Because all their friends are here. And their parents are and our age. And the whole next generation are <laughs> our age. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, should we get back to Fresh Hops? Uh, by the way, we should take a pause exactly. and get another round. Yeah. So we need to go get another round. We will be back in a moment. We'll talk about the Fresh Hop piece of all of this. You've heard about conventional hopping. Up next, Fresh Hops. All, all right, right. So we have another two beers. The first is, the one I have, is an Ecliptic Altair Fresh Hop IPA at 6.5%. Ecliptic from Portland, Oregon. That's right. And Our actually... friend of the pod, John Harris. They have the Moon Room, which they still haven't reopened after uh, closing it because of staffing issues. But it's like a yeah, we walked away. We walked by it to get here. Yeah. Uh, it's very nice. It's a, it's a sort of subtle one. It's possible that the Fresh Hops, it might be a slightly older one. And this is a thing about these beers. Yes. Is if you don't have them at their moment of, of, uh, of perfection, when the when the fresh hops are super intense, a week later they are going to be blown. Yeah, it happens fast. Yeah, and I and I said the first thing, my first impression was a very subdued fresh hop character. It's it's expressing itself a little more as it sits here and opens up slightly. Yeah, it's nice. It's a it's a nice beer. It's a well made beer. It's it's a, it's actually a nice rounded, drinkable, sessionable Slightly beer. more old school than the Fort George, which is like a really big, juicy, lot, lots of uh, citrusy hops. And this is a little more... Right. Of a John Harris IPA. <laughs> Indeed. A little more piney, a little more uh, uh, bitter. And I've got the Pertnir uh, from Crux, our yeah. friends down in Bend. Yep. Uh, and this one has a character, which we should talk about. So... One, one of the qualities that you get in fresh hops, and I, I noticed them in the two beers that we had before, were classic in this way. It's a really kind of oily, resinous quality. Yeah. Like an essential oil, not like oily in a gross way, but right. it's like a, an essential oil of hop. 
Right. Um, very fresh, but also kind of sappy, and I don't. I, it's almost unctuous in a way. It's it's really it's really an intense flavor. Another thing you can get is because you're using so much plant matter for, from these hops. Yep. You can get a real planty kind of chlorophyll quality, which is the word that people around here have taken to use to describe this. And it's it's like just a, like weedy, grassy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a kind of like a steamroller of flavor. Yeah. <laughs> and it is definitely not the thing that you would want year-round, and it's probably not the better of the two qualities. But there's a way in which it is awesome because it just reminds me of fresh hops, and it it, it tastes agricultural, and it tastes uh, you know it definitely tastes fresh. It tastes like this thing was made with a plant yesterday, like the hop fields. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to take this moment to turn to our mailbag. Okay, good. Because this is a question that I'm interested in hearing your answer. So uh, we have we have two fresh hop specific mailbag questions. Yeah. So I'm just going to uh, yeah we're going to sprinkle these in rather than wait till the end. So the first one comes from Pat Woodward of Columbus, Ohio, uh, also of Pat's Pints, and I believe a professor. So I believe he's both a blogger of beer and a professor. So he is... And I think you told me a professor of chemistry. So this might just be a at test. The, at the Ohio State University. At the Ohio State University. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so he's he, he combines the two of us in one human. Yeah. Good, good job, Pat. I, uh, yeah. I was close to taking a job at the Ohio State University. I'm glad you didn't. Well... I could I, never speak to you again. Well, it was... It, 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 it was clearly trumped by Oregon State and when Oregon State made the offer, that was it. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, last year Columbus Brewing, uh, Pat writes, last year Columbus Brewing Company, in parentheses, local heavyweights here in Columbus, Ohio, released a series of no less than eight wet hop beers. I'm going to talk to you about that second, yeah. secondly, <clears throat> but, but that comes later. Well, each, we, need, we need that, we need a buzzer. <laughs> each base, I knew you were going to react, each based on a different hop variety. They featured hops, were, the featured hops were harvested either in Michigan, Oregon, or Washington. Some of the West Coast hops were sent by air overnight and therefore could be used in a manner not too different from how an Oregon or Washington brewery would use wet hops. So we'll talk about that, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is often same day. Go down to the hop field, grab the hops, run back to the brewery and dump the hops in right away. Uh, But we'll talk about that. Uh, However, some of the Washington hop varieties were flash frozen right after picking. And then these... Those hops could be used late, at a later date, provided they were kept frozen the entire time. Since I know you and Patrick are big proponents of wet hop ales, I wonder if you uh, what you think about this. Can you find such beers on the market in Oregon? And if so, have you tried one? So, it's a it's a good segue. I'm going to segue back to uh, for, before I get to Pat's questions. Just let's talk about what fresh how you make a fresh hop beer. Yeah, in the old school way. Uh, the, the pre-flash hopping, uh, flash freezing. Brewers show up at the farm, and so at that moment, after they've been bounced around... The machine instead, separates the, yes. them from the chaff. Instead of going uh, to the kiln, they go into the back of uh, the brewer's pickup truck. Right. And the, the brewer races them back to their brewery and puts them in the beer and and you can put them in the beer at any point in the process so we talked about how originally people felt like you had to be in (laughs) the typical uh kettle place like you you bitter with them you use them in late edition and maybe dry hop with them all all of those places well it turns out that um when you boil fresh hops you get a real 
kind of boiled weed quality yes. like weed not like cannabis but weed like you know like <laughs> yeah, gross yeah like weeds <laughs> backyard weeds uh so that doesn't work so well um but i think many breweries find that you get a an excellent quality when you put them in the whirlpool particularly now that breweries lower the temperature of their whirlpool a little bit before they get them in there so you're steeping uh the the fresh hops and pulling out those wonderful aromatics but of course, the the most kind of um, uh, classic way to, to deal with these, and this is true of American hopping in general, is in the in the dry hop. So you dry hop with fresh hops. So right. that's a kind of a classic way, and I think that's the way we, when that pilsner we just had, you know, that's the way that you get a lager to have yeah. lovely, lovely. And as you mentioned, like ten years ago, that was anathema for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to use fresh hops and everything or it's not a fresh hop beer but i think everyone has agreed that that doesn't make such a good beer right and, and so use use dry hops for the, the hot side and use fresh hops on the cold side yeah and the and the thing that you really want is the character of fresh hops like at the end of the day we don't actually care how they're made we care that they express that quality of fresh hoppiness exactly so i, I remember i'm going to give a shout out to matt swihart at double mountain brewing he was the first brewer i knew in his killer green who uh, was using conventional hops to bitter his beer. Because uh, I think he realized immediately, I don't like that boiled weed quality. Yeah. And so I'm just going to do this, and I'm going you know, to use, use fresh hops later in the process. And he was getting these titanically crazy, over-the-top fresh hop character. And I think everyone was like, oh, what's Matt doing? Yeah. Let's do what Matt's doing. <laughs> exactly. And, and that, that helped. So uh, now to get back to Pat's question. Uh, the second that you cut a plant... You know, cut the a plant from okay, cut a part of a plant from the, the root of the plant, it begins to degrade. And the for a hop, the quicker you can get that hop into the brewing process, the less that hop will degrade. And one factor that's giant here is that if you have a mass of hops, they will build up heat. Yes. And Matt actually once mentioned to me, uh, and I, I think I posted this on my blog, that he shoved his hand into a mass of hops um, that he had just gotten a fresh hops, and it almost burned his hand. It's like really hot in there. Right. Uh, and there's some famous stories of um, hop warehouses that burn down because they generate so much heat that combust. So that's not good for hops, right? We already talked about why the heat is coming from decomposition. It's coming. I don't know what. I don't know why biomass heats up. I don't. I don't understand that. Yeah, decomposition. It must be right. Presumably, right? That's yeah. where the energy is coming from. Here, here's where. Here's where. Pat, Pat at a, the, the chemistry well, he's a professor. Chemi- he's a chemist. I want to talk to a biologist. Come on. Well, he probably knows what's happening. Yeah. He probably understands this at a more subtle level than I do. I don't. I don't know what's happening. I just know that that heat is not good. So, if you're, you know, if if you're if you're overnighting that, uh, if you're driving a long ways, it's spending more time heating up. Right? Not so good. And. Um, the flavors, the flavors don't just go away; they change. So you can kind of get a, a more like funky, sweaty, kind of gnarly character uh, if if it's been sitting around for a while. And, and breweries that even, I mean, I don't mean to bang the drum, but Oregon is closer to the hop. Portland is closer to the hop fields than any major city in America. So uh, ours are really fast, but sometimes they just sit on them, and <laughs> you don't want to do that either. You know, you don't want to get the get the hops and just leave them over in the corner of the brewery for you know half a day. You want to get them in the beer. Yeah. Uh, so the upshot is that if you're if you're having, it used to be the case that uh, brewers around the country would have 
beer, uh, have hops from Yakima. I think mostly Yakima was the place that was doing this. Overnighted. I just feel like you're not going to get the same level of vibrancy that you get when you're close by. So it's much better if you're in Michigan, instead of having a Yakima send you beer, send you hops, sorry, uh, go find the find one of the local growers and develop a relationship with that local grower so yeah. that when the fresh hops come in, you can go get them there. Um, some well, breweries also will have their own fields, and they're not, you know, there's some places that aren't great for commercial production. They don't produce the same kind of yield. But if you're just trying to get fresh hops for your for your brewery, it's no problem. Because yeah, you, you can grow hops anywhere. <laughs> there was this story, I think it was from Detroit. This is going to ring a bell. There was some local little brew pub that grew a bunch of hops on the side of its building. And the city came and cut them all down before they oh. had a chance to harvest them. Did you see this? I did see that. That was this year, yeah? Yeah, Like exactly. really recently, yeah. Yeah, it was just last week or so. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. It was like a disastrous thing. Yeah. I guess. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Please enjoy. Uh, we will. We will. Thank you. <clears throat> there's our. There's that pretzel you got for us. Uh, it's also Oktoberfest. It's Oktoberfest. So. They have cheap pretzels, so... When in when in Oktoberfest, yeah. get a pretzel. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so you can you you can grow hops and use the hops you grow. We've we've home brewed with our own homegrown hops, uh, fresh hops in the past. Yeah, uh, and, and you don't actually they're pretty easy to work with because you don't actually have to worry about IBUs and all that stuff because you're just you're just gonna throw a mass in there because you want the oils out of them. Yeah, and it's it's you 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 want to overshoot rather than undershoot. Home okay. brewers like. <laughs> Throw as many in as you can. So what's your take on Flash Frozen hops? Though? Yeah, so now let's get back to Flash. There were three things. Flash, I remember Flash Frozen. Wet was the other thing. We'll get back to the wet, oh, yeah, versus, wet. wet versus fresh. Yeah. So have you, I've, I've had the Fresh Frozen. Have you had any of the, the Flash Flash Frozen fresh hop beers? I don't know. What I know is what Breakside does or did. Right. That and that, That's a little different. And that is a little different because they're, they're, they're doing... So, I should have, I really should have done this, because the first time we did a uh, uh, a fresh hop, the only other time we've done a whole show on fresh hops, we had Ben Edmonds at Breakside yeah. talk about his process, which is super bizarre. So he does, the, he, he gets li- uh, liquid nitrogen, and they get, when they get, so they get, they go down to the, the farm, they bring their hops back, and instead of putting them right in the beer, they spray them with the nitrogen. And so they, they freeze and they shatter them. So they break open and right. then they take that and dump it in there. So they have this. The idea is to get that lupulin essence out of the middle. Exactly. And right into the beer. Uh, and their results are hard to dispute. Yeah. So, But I don't know if I've had one of those flash frozen ones. Have you? I have. Obviously, because you, you said you had. <laughs> Pat asked if um, we had had them so much in Oregon. And we don't. The no. Washington brewers are, are using them. That's okay. where I've had them is the Washington brewers. Yeah, I don't think I've had any because in Oregon you don't need to. Steve Luke up at uh, Cloudburst is a huge fan of these. But other other folks are too. They're not identical. The thing is, it doesn't taste the same. Oh, they're okay. really vivid. They're really awesome. I think it's a good product. And if I were a brewer, I would definitely buy that product and use them. But if you're in Cleveland or Boca Raton... And you taste one of these beers, you're not tasting the same thing that we're tasting as we're sitting right here. Yeah. They're slightly different. They're vivid, but they don't have the, you know, this chlorophyll thing. They don't have that oil thing. They're just more vivid. They're yeah. just kind of bright. So okay. that's my view. So it's not a, a not a perfect substitute. It's the, the conclusion. It's not. I mean, these things are. So clearly you prefer just use Michigan hops 
and do a fresh hop something with Michigan hops rather than try to yeah yeah I would I would I would look for local hops and I think getting back to our earlier point it's sort of the spirit of the thing right yeah you, you want exactly. the you want you want the heart it's a harvest beer yeah. and it's a it's a it's a momentary thing and you you get you get good beers you get bad beers you get sublime beers yeah like and with this Detroit example it's like I'd love to try that beer if they didn't if the city hadn't cut down those <laughs> those hops yeah I'd like to try that one like that's the one that you grew right outside your place yeah totally yeah uh, and the last thing wet hops so oh, okay. so talk about talk about nomenclature. So going way back 15 years ago and when fresh hops started to be a big deal in uh, Oregon, we always called them fresh hops. And in, in precincts in Washington, I don't mean to cap on Washington, but this is terrible. Go for it. Uh, we hate Washington. Washington sucks, man. <laughs> as well as other places in the country, <laughs> people distinguish from kilned hops or, or dried hops, they, they just, well, if if dried hops are one character, then we will call fresh hops wet hops. But that's just gross. <laughs> Would you call fresh basil wet basil? It's just gross. It's a bad idea. It's a bad, from a branding perspective, it's bad. Like, nobody wants to drink a wet hop. That just sounds gross. Yeah, I think the herb example is a good one. Yeah. We call them either fresh herbs or dried herbs. Yeah, you never... What? Who on earth is calling their fresh basil wet basil? Ridiculous. Don't do that. Call them fresh hops. It yeah. sounds better. I, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that I think that the point was if if uh, if you're using fresh hops in, on this season, then what is the rest of the stuff you use the rest of the season? And is it is it stale hops? Is it bad hops? So I think that was one of the... Conventional hops. Conventional hops, yeah. Or kilned. Kilned or conventional. All right, so I've done my job. Yeah, so you devil's advocate, and now I'm backing away. That was, that was, that was very... Uh, Reportery of you. You, uh, <laughs> you ask the hard the question. Bo- both sides of them. Yes, you ask. No, I want both sides of this issue. Defend wet hops. I think you know. I, as a fan of journalists, I think that they should do that, and I admire you for that. And I had an answer. If you don't have an answer, I do think I mean, that, come that on. now, uh, again, ten years ago in Oregon, you'd have Not beers that called the, themselves uh, fresh hops. Some some will call them wet hops, and now everyone calls themselves fresh hops. There's no question anymore. In Oregon, and I think outside of Oregon. It's almost uniformly wet hops, and I'm on oh, a really? crusade. Yeah, I'm on a crusade to stop that. Oh, in okay. Washington, it's because I was going to say I think I think the the standard is set, and now it'll. I mean, the thing but, is, we are we're, not. we're in this weird backwater, and nobody ever visits us or knows about our beers except for the people who listen to this podcast. So we don't we don't throw a lot of cultural weight around, and so I'm afraid that us appropriately calling them fresh hops has not permeated the rest of the country yet in the way that I would have liked. So. But anyone listening to this, please, please call them fresh hops and correct. You know, be that be that that guy or gal who who corrects uh, people when they call them wet hops. They'll love you for it. I'm, yeah, I'm sure they will. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what else we need to talk about? Uh, fresh hop beers. So often you'll see pales and IPA. So hop forward beers are clearly uh, the preferred palate or preferred yeah, base for uh, uh, a fresh hop beer. Yeah. You had a Pilsner to begin with. What about other styles? What do you think lends itself well? You know, the, the, the pale on the IPA, and you should answer this. I'm going to throw this back to you. I think the pale on the IPA are obvious because they don't have a ton of malt, they don't have a ton of hops, and so or uh, yeast, and so 
they're showcases for hops to begin with, so it's really obvious what's going on. And then, and for me, you can layer on top this fresh hop character that really creates this new dimension in a multi-dimensional beer already. Right. Yeah. When you're dealing with other styles, it's just a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Uh, so I get scared when I order a pilsner, a fresh hop pilsner. I see Breakside, and I get a lot less scared because they're masters of the art. Yeah, we know in Oregon, certain breweries have proven uh, over time that they they really get fresh hops and they do well. Uh, Portland breweries that I think do really well, Ex Novo, uh, Stormbreaker, it's a brewery you don't talk about a lot, uh, always does amazing fresh hop beers. They oh, yeah. totally knock it out of the park. Uh-huh. Everybody talks about Breakside not inappropriately. Um, these are these are breweries that do really good work. Gigantic does awesome work, and we've got a <laughs> we've been avoiding the one gigantic here because it's eight point two percent. We're leaving that to the end. It will be incoherent after that one. So, yeah, that looks like quite a beer. It's it's brewed with a French brewery uh, and has a typically gigantic esque name. So that'll be fun. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah, should we? So the but but other styles, I think you just have to work with them. So a few years ago, the now defunct uh, West Coast Brewery made this extraordinary saison mm-hmm. that had fresh hops. Yeah. So you just have to look at the native base style of the beer and figure out where the qualities of fresh hop can be tucked in if you're using an offbeat style. Yeah. To accentuate the native, like if you got to work with the beer style you're working with, and in some cases, the beer style will be a showcase for hops then you know what to do. It's very obvious. Right. If, you're, if you're doing something else, it's going to be more challenging. I've tried uh, beers, fresh hot beers that have roasty qualities like porters and stouts. Yeah. Terrible. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine those flavors really clash. Not good. I just, I, I get why people tried it. Give it a shot. What the hell? But no, it, it, there's some things that it won't work with. Um, but yeah, I, I, lagers can work really well and Saison. Uh, what about sort of classic fall like fest beers? Yeah, they work great. I would think that would be fantastic. Our 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 friend who we I feel like we mention every podcast, Alan Taylor. Uh, hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, kids. <laughs> Tell Alan to slow down that Volvo, man. <laughs> Surely he's not driving a Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was at a conference recently with a Danish econ- economist who called uh, Volvo's tractors or something as hilarious as growing up with a danish stepmom i know the da- the, the swedish danish yes tension so <laughs> everybody the, the norwegians are not high on the danes either i think that i think the danes irritate everybody in scandinavia <laughs> sorry sorry all my Dan- danish friends out there uh anyway uh alan makes uh these wonderful beers that every year in the the, the uh oregon beer awards they, they have a judging for fresh hop beers. They're going to have it next month. Oh, well, in, in October. Yeah. I'm not sure when this is going to be broadcast, so maybe this month. This month. Yeah. Uh, and they have they have two categories. One is like the pale IPA category, and then the other one is weird beers that are have delicate presentation that are hard to relate with because when we first judged those beers, I remember these in competitions you would have at the Oregon Beer Awards, you'd have one of these Titanic, like, you know, Stormbreaker Breakside, like bombers that just was like blowing your head off. And then somebody would put a Pilsner in there and it's like, ooh, the fresh hop character is is really distinctive and it really helps the beer, but it's 
it's a one on the scale of one to ten, whereas this thing's a ten. Right. How do we right. how do we compare them? So they yeah. split those into two, and uh, you know, you, it seems like year after year, Alan's uh, got a Kolsch or his Oktoberfest, which he calls October Fresh, uh, is meddling because he knows how to how to work with those. Yeah. So they're you know you just you got to figure out how to get those flavors. In there. Did we mention this is Alan Tabor? <laughs> Alan Taylor of uh, Zoigel House. Zoigel House. We should probably mention. Yeah, we should probably mention the brewery. Helps. Yeah. So, Jeff, I have a question for you. How much do you think the different hop varieties express themselves in the fresh hop version? Because, it... yeah, okay, go. Well, because I'm a little, I I'm of the opinion that the fresh hop sort of uh, dominates the varietal. If that makes sense. It does, and I I tend to agree with with so does a does a citra fresh hop taste more like a fresh hop or more like a citra hop exactly yeah uh and i think one one thing that we didn't mention we were just talking about what we should mention here one thing we didn't mention is so during the harvest there's a, a let's say a month of harvest yeah uh hops mature at different times and so if you come to oregon or if you live in oregon or washington um, at any given time, you're going to find a predominance of the beers are made with a particular hop that right. was harvested at that time and right. is just coming on. It's kind of like waves. And yeah. they start out with strata, uh, cascades are kind of early on, and then it, 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 it kind of goes goes through the season. And you you actually get a chance to compare them. And, and so <clears throat> I made a study of this, and I feel like the answer is, in some cases, uh, the fresh hop, there is a there is a quality of freshness like that chlorophyll and that essential yeah. oil thing is just its own thing, right? And you just you can just tell, yeah. Uh, but I do feel like there are a few hops that that have a really distinctive character, and one of them is Strata, which is Oregon's hop. I don't know if people outside of Oregon know about it this much. It was developed, um, I believe it is it is a non proprietary recently bred hop uh-huh. um, but it might be proprietary I can't, I can't remember that anyway it grows really well in Oregon it's one of the few hops that grows better in Oregon than in, than in uh, Washington or Idaho it's one of those wonderful testable hypotheses hypotheses and people should come to Oregon and try to figure, figure it out, out yeah I mean my yeah my what are your thoughts well my take is that the the fresh hopness dominates for me it's like I'm just looking for whatever that fresh hop character and then sort of secondarily the hop character and I don't feel like I can tell nearly as much the hop character itself in the fresh hop version as I can the dried hop I certainly never make a choice based on the hop writing yeah exactly um, <laughs> that's another way to put it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like okay it's a fresh hop beer I'm going in yeah 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 exactly alright I'm going to turn to their second mailbag entry alright uh, this is Ryan Sharp of Bend oh actually maybe first you want to introduce our next round since we went and got around yeah, so I have the Bauman Cider, uh, which is made with, with Strata Hop. So we're just talking about Strata Hop. Yeah. And I've never had a Fresh Hop Cider, so that's going to be interesting. And then I have this... Uh, okay, so this you is a collab... Yeah. thing. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. So uh, Gigantic, the local brewery, the Fresh Connection IPA. Yes. Well done, because it is a collab with French breweries, Brasserie du Pays Flamand. And the Piggy Brewery. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of all that. 
Those are both. Those are les les couchons. Oh, very nice. Les bourrailles couchons. Oh, and so our dog, our our local dog, has um, decided to. Our local dog is an enthusiast of French beers. Yes. Uh, anyway, so two French breweries. Uh, so I'm about to taste it. It is an 8.2% IPA. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I bet those French breweries were loving coming here and getting the whole experience and having a hell of a time. Oh, but that is good. Is it? Oh, you're going to love that one. That is fabulous. Oh, yeah. That has, has everything. It that has, has the fresh hop. It's got the hop. The so I, saturated hop character. Once you dial it in, you should you and should it's be an able 8. to percent beer that I'm not like dissuade, uh, turned off by the the alcohol flavor. Mm, that's that is awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. To that's me. that French refinement. It is. Suck it, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody had to do something about Van Havoc. That's right. Takes the French. So a fresh hop beer, and I really feel like if you can't detect it in the nose, you're probably not going to detect it anywhere else. And and instantly, I could I could detect it. Oh man, you're right. That is it's lush, but then the fresh hop is right there. Yeah, that's so, amazing. That's as good a fresh hop beer as I've ever had. I'm the say alcohol that. is just gone. I know. You could pound this sucker back, and you'd be yeah. doomed. I am doomed already. So you should try this because I feel like this is maybe. In the opposite camp, sadly. Well, I'm going to out myself as not the biggest cider guy. I mean, I, oh, I, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate cider, but it's not what I... I, I do like uh, cider. I've written a cider book. Cider Made Simple. Cider Made Simple. Poss- published by... Uh, Chronicle Books. Chronicle probably, Books. Probably still in print. Fine, yeah, fine years in a local bookstore now. So if you buy it, you will be, be certainly... Uh, in the hundreds of people who bought it. <laughs> no, seriously? Oh, yeah. Don't it, start. There's no way it sold a thousand copies. Oh, that's sad. All right. Uh, but can you taste any, any I hops I cannot in there? taste yeah. any hops in there at all. No, I can't either. I would. And so, uh, whether you're a hop fan, or whether you're a cider fan or not, it's got to express the hop. And we we know fresh hops, right? Yeah. So, it's it, if it's not expressing the fresh hop, it's just, it's just not getting it done. Now, it is strata, and that's an early season hop, and so it's quite possible that it's this been was, sitting, you know, it, it's been a little bit long in the tooth, so, you know. That fresh hop character might no longer be there. By the way, wedding update, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever happened, it's paused. It, 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 yeah, now everybody is poured back out onto the street, and they've all, they're all charging into the bar to get beers, so, uh, and cocktails, uh, so... <laughs> The life, the life here in Portland is. Uh, we chose an interesting. We chose an interesting time to come. Yeah, we really did. I hope. I hope you're all enjoying this. I've not seen the bride and the groom, so Something I can't tell you it. what my predictions for the future are. But it's off to an auspicious start since they're here. We're talking about fresh beers. Okay, uh, a few words going out. Please subscribe to us on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us five stars, please. This helps other listeners find the show. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions or comments to Jeff at beervanablog.com or on Twitter and Instagram at beervanapod. And I've taken some photos. Oh, good man! You can take some more. I'm on the case. So we're going to post those on Instagram because we're all about the Insta because we're young and hip. Oh yeah, that was live. That was live photographing right there. <laughs> we'll post that one that Jeff just took. Uh, what else are we saying? You, uh, you, Jeff. Oh, very nice. I always look terrible. You, <laughs> I always mug, and it's always a bad yeah, choice. That's awesome. Uh, 
Jeff blogs at the Beervana blog and he tweets at Beervana. And Patrick tweets at Beeronomics. All right. And look for our all of our fresh op and pot uh, gram. About and once every two months, I remember that we have an Instagram and I try to post a couple right. things to it. All right. All right. Cheers, Jeff. Patrick, uh, cheers to you. I've got the Bauman's cider. And I have... an excellent cider and a poor fresh hop cider. And I have Le Gigantique. Oh, Le Gigantique. Le Gigantique. <laughs> 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 cheers. Très bien. Oui, oui.